and welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Jose Estigarraga, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights, and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Arbitral Insights. My name is Marine de Bayeul, and I am an associate in the London office of Reed Smith. And uh, the focus of my practice is international arbitration. Today, uh, I'm going to have the pleasure of talking about tips for drafting a good arbitration clause. I'd like to start with a reminder of what arbitration is and its key characteristics. So as you may know, arbitration is a formal process of resolving disputes without going to national courts. It's a system of justice that was born of merchants. And the beauty of it is that parties bring a dispute to a third party that is trained as an arbitrator or to a panel of arbitrators that they choose themselves. The arbitrator has the authority to make a decision that will bind the disputing parties. So in that sense, we can say that arbitration is consensual or contractual by nature. A party cannot be required to submit to arbitration if it hasn't wished to do so. Other key features of arbitration include autonomy, flexibility, neutrality, um, confidentiality of the proceedings, and enforceability of any arbitral award. So to resort to arbitration, you need a contract which contemplates that dispute resolution method. This can be done by way of an arbitration clause. The clause will be incorporated into the contract or it will become part of the written agreement establishing the commercial relationship between you and your business partner. In this podcast, I would like to provide some tips on how drafting a good arbitration clause can be achieved. Indeed, arbitration is a good tool, but as every good tool, we should know how to use it. So it is important to have a well-drafted arbitration clause at the outset, tailored to the parties, to the transaction, and to the dispute at hand. I'm going to go through seven elements, which I believe are key in drafting a good arbitration clause. The first rule is that the arbitration clause must be clear. It must be an express agreement to arbitrate with confidentiality language, if the parties so wish. And the key thing here is that an arbitration clause need not to be lengthy or complicated, but if it is to be effective, it must be clear. Ambiguity is the worst enemy, as we will examine later. The second element is that the arbitration clause must specify the arbitral institution. To name a few, the ICC, the LCIA, the EXIT, the PCA, the SEAC, OHEDA, etc. So that's the second element. As a third element, the arbitration clause must specify the arbitration rules, the procedural framework. One must ask, what are the procedural rules of which arbitral institution to govern the procedure of my arbitration? As a fourth element, an arbitration clause should specify the place or the seat of arbitration, often referred to as the arbitral situs. 
This is a very important element because it will determine the procedural law governing the arbitration proceedings, which is what we just discussed as the third element. The rules of the seat will determine the powers of the arbitrator, and they will also determine which court will have jurisdiction. And importantly, an arbitrator must respect that public order at the seat and apply the rules of the country chosen by the parties. But there's also another important element with this fourth uh, point. The legislation of the seat will determine the involvement of national courts in the conduct of arbitration and the likelihood of enforceability of an award. So these two elements, involvement of national courts and enforceability of an award, will depend on the national law chosen by the parties. Some countries are reluctant and some countries afford more autonomy to the parties in the arbitration process and enforceability of an award. So it seems that the choice of the arbitral situs will literally determine the outcome of the case, which is why the parties would well do to choose it at the outset. A fifth element of any well-drafted arbitration clause is to specify the governing law of the merits of the substance of the dispute between the parties, the law that governs the contract between the parties. This is determined by identifying the concrete dispute, by looking at the dispute, by looking at the contract. And in most cases, the parties will just include a choice of law clause, which will be applied by the arbitrators to determine the substantive issues, but they will fail to agree upon an applicable law. A sixth element is to specify the appointment and composition of the arbitral tribunal. How many arbitrators do you want? How should they be selected? Um, should they have any particular expertise or qualification based on the dispute at hand in a particular sector, etc.? This is important because the parties will choose their judges and they should embrace the opportunity to choose judges who are tailored and qualified to decide the issues at hand. And then a seventh element of any well-drafted arbitration clause is to specify the language of the arbitration. Often the language will be that of the parties or the key documents or evidence in the case. Now, having looked at these seven elements, I would like to provide an example of a well-drafted arbitration clause that covers all these elements. As a first remark, it is strongly advisable to use model clauses that are available for the different arbitral institutions. So the ICC, the LCIA, ICSID, they all have model clauses available. And if you use them, you will make sure that you get it right. Another key point is to prefer binding to permissive wording and wide to narrow scope. For example, a well-drafted arbitration clause could say, all disputes arising in connection with the present contract shall be finally settled under the rules of conciliation and arbitration of the International Chamber of Commerce by one or more arbitrators appointed in accordance with the said rules. The seat of arbitration shall be Paris, France, and the language of the arbitration shall be English. Unquote. This is a short, simple, clause, but it contains all essential elements 
to any effective clause. In addition, actually, it also contains the magic words, which are all disputes in connection with finally settled. So by including a language like this one, you can avoid narrow language and limiting the clause to disputes that are simply, for example, arising under the contract or related strictly to the performance of the contract. By using the language we just discussed, you can cover broader um, disputes arising, as we say, in connection with the contract. But there is a but. A model or all-purpose clause may not be suitable for all situations. This is because the situation and the circumstances at hand are always different and need to be analyzed on a case-by-case basis. So the parties need to tailor the clause to their circumstances at hand and to their particular transaction. And this can be done by engaging in a rigorous analysis. In the end, this work of drafting a good arbitration clause will result in great savings of time and money. And this is what I want to explore next. So we've looked at an example of a good drafted clause. Now, what about a poorly drafted clause, which are often referred to as pathological arbitration clauses? Say you have a coal supply agreement between a mining company, a supplier, and a buyer. Say that the parties are not clear at the outset as to how any dispute over the sourcing, the supply, or the delivery of the mine products may be resolved. For example, a pathological clause in the coal supply agreement could read, Arbitration in Seoul, Republic of Korea, before Korean Commercial Arbitration Tribunal, in accordance with the rules of the International Chamber of Commerce. Here, the contracting parties will not agree which arbitral institution was met because there is a lack of clarity and conflicting language between the different terms involved. So what happens here? Both parties will lose time, money, and efforts. In other words, it will defeat part of the very reasons that that led them to select arbitration. So in this example, parties had to engage in a dialogue to clarify what they meant by this arbitration clause. And this dialogue can be long and burdensome because, as you can imagine, the parties have very different views as to what constitutes an an ideal clause. And after the parties had to litigate in the Korean courts over the scope and meaning of the clause and the enforcement of the arbitration agreement, they had to seek guidance from the Korean courts. And finally, after several actions before the Korean courts, it was the turn of the of the arbitral tribunal to step in. It was appointed by the ICC and it had to issue a partial award on the point dealing with this point to clarify the meaning and scope of the arbitration clause. So by going through this dialogue, by going through the Korean courts and by going through the arbitral tribunal, the parties lost time, money and efforts at three different stages. And ultimately, while the arbitral tribunal will look at the true intention of the parties in trying to understand the meaning of the arbitration clause, this is not always straightforward. So to sum up, this all of this could have been avoided by a well-drafted arbitration clause. And as concluding remarks, I would like to remind ourselves of the effects of such good arbitration clause. As we can see, if a dispute emerges, 
and there is a solid arbitration clause already in place, the parties know where they are going. They have set the basis and framework for their dispute, and any arbitration proceedings between them will be more effective and they will run smoothly. But the key message here is that these positive effects will only arise if the parties get the drafting of the arbitration clause right initially. I hope you will find this podcast interesting and that this will provide good tips for you in drafting arbitration clauses. Thank you very much. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email Joseas de Garaga at jia at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at Reedsmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved. 